You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Are you tired of using Google Drive or Dropbox to send files to clients? Well, never get burned again with FilePass. I love and use FilePass exclusively for sending files to my clients. It's a cloud file sharing website specifically made by engineers for engineers. It's absolutely amazing. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash FilePass to check out the full feature list and subscribe today. Never lose another dime to burned projects. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. One, two, three. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I am your host, DK, and today we have a super duper awesome guest, owner of the Produce Like a Pro YouTube channel, super awesome dude, Warren Hewart. How are you doing today, man? I'm really good. I'm really good. It's uh, it's it's been a fun time being locked down in my house and studio. I suppose I'm blessed that I've got a studio here. So having said that, pretty much business as usual to be honest i we spend 12 to 15 hours a day locked in our studios anyway so it hasn't changed yeah. too much and i feel like being forced in the studio i feel like i want to get out more now <laughs> <laughs> true uh, yeah. but yeah so warren is amazing and has an amazing youtube channel if you haven't heard it already produce like a pro is a huge powerhouse of information and value for everybody from engineers producers artists they're looking to really get their music to come out sounding out of their speakers or out of their headphones sounding really nice one of the best courses that i've ever seen youtube playlists i've ever seen and recommend to a lot of young engineers all the time is warren actually your how to record series. I think it was like a couple years ago, it was like one of your first video playlists. Thank and you. I still like that is still one of the best video series to help beginners learn how to use Pro Tools and how to mix or and record. Uh, thank you ever so much. That, that really means a lot. I mean, we started it purely and simply to join some dots together because when I first started about four or five years ago, first of all, I didn't really think anything about like oh it could be big or, or anything it was merely a case of like trying to connect the dots because i felt like there was a lot of like big kind of established you know basically like dave pensado on one side he'd been going like three or four years when i started and it was very like you know like hey man you're amazing no you're amazing yeah i'm amazing it was all very sort of I don't know. I don't want to say elite, but you know what I mean? Very like that. And then you had Graham over the other side of Recording Revolution, who was like getting people started. And, and it was like, and both of those things were really amazing. But I realized there was nothing in the middle. There was nothing connecting like people who wanted to learn how to record, you know, uh, with people that already knew how to do it. And that was really kind of our my job was to say, well, okay, how can I, one day I can interview somebody who is a household name and then somebody else, uh, I'll interview somebody who's up and coming and everything in between. 
and get to test out a brand new plugin and something old that I missed, you know, record guitars, or do some keys, I don't know, drums, big studios, small studios, one mic, four mics, 40 mics, you know. To me, it felt like that's what I do all day. So instead of like being a professional YouTuber and starting a business, like which it seems like every YouTube channel is now, mine was just like, hey, all this gear here, I bought it by doing music. The reason why there's tons of equipment is because I started off with nothing, with a cassette player, and now I own all of this because this is what I do for a living. And that felt like a really great thing to show people. Like, you can do this. You can be successful and, and you know have a mortgage and feed a family and do all the things that you want to do in your life from just doing what you love. You have to work hard, but to do what you love. So it was that 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 drive and that passion of wanting to connect people and Basically, because I didn't grow up in a studio system and I didn't have any friends that kind of gifted me any wonderful jobs, I had to, you know, push against many barriers and overcome lots of hurdles. And then I looked around and was like, you know, that's pretty much what everybody has to do now. It's so different. There's not there's, there's not like a hundred big studios in every city anymore. There's like two or three maximum, sometimes one, sometimes none. Some towns, like a town I used to live in the north of England now, there's no studios there. When I was there, it was about three or four. Now there's none except for maybe a couple of home ones. So it's changed so dramatically that, you know, it, it almost feels like it is the right thing to do, so you have to do it. You need to give this information out. You need to help people. Absolutely. And you do such a wonderful job at it. And, like, the personality all goes into it. Like, it's so it's such a good platform for everything, from learning to more advanced to just looking how plugins work and stuff. It's it's such an awesome channel. So congratulations to you Thank for you. all your success and hope for all the upcoming success in the future. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel I feel like we're still new. It's like, you know, uh, the, the channel's like five-plus years old, but all the spinoff stuff, like the Academy, Academy is like three and a half years old, you know, so that's new. And then I started that Promix Academy about two and a half years ago. And all this stuff, it's still all pretty new. You know, most of the people have been doing this have been doing it like 10 years. Like, you know, Pure Mix has been around about 10 years. Dave's been around about eight or nine. Graham's like 11 years now, you know. So I still feel yeah. like, I still feel like we're pretty, we're pretty new and we're just kind of making it up as we, as we go. And, and I want to, you know, it's really about connecting people. I can't say it more than enough. It's. I was making a joke about it on an even even tied podcast about an hour ago, about like you know, I feel sort of as a generation Xer, I'm sort of surrounded by millennials on one side and baby boomers on the other, and I feel like it's kind of our job in the middle to connect everybody because you know the baby boomers don't like you because you don't record like Led Zeppelin with three drum mics and. You know, and you you used a drum sample, you know, so you got that, those guys screaming on that side. And then, of course, you've got a lot of younger people who feel alienated by that. And to be honest, I sit in the middle. I like listening to program music. I like listening to one mic in front of a band and everything in between. To me, it feels like, you know, I like Led Zeppelin. Who doesn't? But I also like, like Joy Division and New Order and a lot of punk bands and... I also like, you know, when I was in, when I was growing up in the late 80s and early 90s, the first music I ever made was dance music. And I had I had ADATs and I had synths and I had sequencers and I had an Atari 1040 ST and I used the first versions of Notator and, and you know, all the Steinberg stuff. So to me, it's like, it's all one big thing. So, you know, it, it's like an honor to even have the privilege of being able to connect all of these people together. And hopefully... We can keep working on that.
One of the things that a lot of people ask me through email or through Instagram that I don't have, to be honest, I have experience with, but not even close to your experience, um, especially because the genres that I work on are a little bit more limited, um, a little bit more niche in typically within the hip hop, R&B, pop realm, a little bit more MIDI based or not real instruments. Typically you have a very wide, vast experience of recording. Sure. Some MIDI instruments and VIs, but also of actually capturing sounds acoustically. So I wanted to talk about in this episode's recording instruments, recording vocals, and some maybe common mistakes or some advice that you would give to producers coming up, to engineers coming up, or artists that are wanting to get better sounding music recording-wise in their into their computers or whatever they're doing. No, it's a fantastic question. Um, I think I think one of the one of the problems I, I see, one of the realities I see that needs to be overcome is this sort of idea of perfection. You know, what I enjoy about what we do is just doing it in a real-world experience. It means if you watch a video of mine that's 20 minutes long, it probably took 30 minutes to make. You know, I did a 20-minute writing a song putting out and the other day and recording it, and we it's a 10-minute video, and we called it a 20-minute song because we spent 20 minutes doing it. And the reason why I want to do those things is to kind of get away this myth. So many YouTube stuff that I see is a guy spending a week making the perfect video, recording the guitar 57 times from 55 different angles, and then editing it together and just making it look like it was one take. And I'm here to tell you that is just not the real world. And I think one of the things is the pressure that's put on people. I'm sure your audience is like, their mind's blown. They go and watch a video with somebody who just makes it look like, oh, it's so easy. And then they throw up a mic and then they struggle to get the sound that they want. They move things around, but they watch, just watch this video with this soft-spoken guy who showed them how to record an acoustic guitar. Well, you know what? He spent a week doing that, editing it and making it perfect so he could get a million views and make a lot of money on video, you know, on, on advertising revenue. It's like, the problem is, is like, it's okay to suck. You know, that, that's, that you hear it all the time from people that, you know, when you go and you hear somebody who's successful, everybody, every actor, every musician, every songwriter, they all tell you they sucked so many times. And to this day, they still make massive mistakes. So I think the first thing to do if you want to get good at recording is give yourself a break, cut yourself some slack, and it's okay that that first guitar you recorded was overcompressed, that it had a little bit too much gain on it and started distorting. You know what? Because some of the music that you grew up listening to and love was also badly recorded. And some of the best music and the best performances ever wasn't necessarily captured by in an amazing studio environment with $100,000 worth of gear. I think that's the first thing is to cut ourselves some slack, you know. So if you're learning this stuff, take a deep breath, and don't worry if you mess up, because if you mess up, next time you're going to mess up a little less because you've learned something from it. That's almost like the best advice I've ever ever learned myself is just to cut yourself some slack. And like I say, in the YouTube world where most of the videos that you watch are like a week in process to make absolutely perfect with the perfect hair and the perfect blah, 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 and all this stuff. It's not helping people because it's giving them the illusion that this guy or girl's a genius, you know, and it's not like that. You get, you know, the best musicians in the world and they are grinding it out. They are working. It's, this is work. It's, it's passion, but you do have to practice and try stuff and make tons of mistakes. 
It's one thing I will universally say. You get guys in a room, people in a room that, that have made the best records ever, and they're all say, I had no idea what I was doing. Just got lucky. <laughs> I, I moved the mic around and it sounded good, so that's where it went. There's no like... There's a sort of overemphasis on learning. That sounds silly. There is. There's an overemphasis on the technical. There's too much conversation about like, well, you know, that sort of breakdown of songs thing that's really popular at the moment where like, well, you see, um, they were using the Lydian Phrygian mode over. No, they weren't. They were just a bunch of kids going. <laughs> you know, Kurt Cobain didn't go, oh, yeah, you see what I was doing. I want to do the one four and I'm going to move it up by a minor third and blah, blah, blah. And it's going to create tension over a so and so. No. That is not how people make music. <laughs> but but it's it's what's popular because we all want to believe, all of us as human beings, want to believe that if you watch, if somebody gives you the magic bullet, you know, the 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 the, the perfect explanation. The re the reality is is like when you're writing something, whoever you are out there listening to this, when you're making music, it's okay. It's okay to mess up. It's okay to try a bass line, double the bass line, pan the bass line, do all the things you're told not to do. You know, try three different kick pans. It's okay to have a big boomy kick, a little one. It's okay to have a ringing snare, a non-ringing snare, a boothy one, a whatever. It's all okay because you know what? Doing all of that and messing around and experiment is what creates the best music. And as I always say, and I'll say it again, Jeff Emmerich, when he engineered Revolver, which is considered by many people the greatest album of all time, he was 19 turning 20. So don't let some freaking expert tell you, oh, you know, Sonny, <laughs> you're not doing it properly, you know? Because Jeff, when I asked Jeff about the AKG D19 mic, you know, it's like this cheap dynamic microphone, which is like kind of AKG's SM57. I was like, why did you use that? Because people say, oh, it's like the greatest. It's, he's like, it was plugged in. And those, John Lennon in particular was very demanding. He's like, I've got an idea. Let's record it now. So he would just drag the mic from whatever instrument it was last on and put it in front of John. Sometimes it was a vocal. Sometimes it was an acoustic guitar. Sometimes it was a tambourine. Sometimes it was a piano. It's just the mic that was plugged in. There was no like, oh, yes, well, one must get the uh, frequency response of the blah, blah, blah. It's just, it was all about the creativity. So I think the biggest thing is be creative. Yeah. Please watch my videos, learn how to record some acoustic guitar, see the techniques. I, I do a lot of stuff, learn how to do vocals, learn how to mix them, all this stuff. Great. All of that stuff is good, but also don't be afraid to suck. Don't be afraid to try things and just make a mess. It's okay. You have nobody to please but yourself. And if you're happy with it and you learn from it, that's the number one thing. Not the, you know, what the guy, the expert on the forum or the YouTuber that you know, does the perfect videos, thinks that's irrelevant, you know. Just, you know, and surround yourself with people um, like yourself. Surround yourself with people that are positive and helpful and care about you. You know, one of the our human conditions is we get drawn into these, like, negative trolling things, trying to make the guy or the girl that's, you know, usually the guy that's trying to make you feel less than. We get involved in it and answer them and stuff. And in life, you know, just avoid that stuff. Surround yourself with people that are supportive and care about you and your art and do the same for everybody else and you will get better. Wow. That is, that, <laughs> oh my gosh, like knowledge dropped. That was so big. 
I love the quote, it's okay to suck. It is. I think that's the one quote we're all going to take away from this. We're all going to write it on our walls, put it on some post-it notes. And and what you said at the end there too, like especially me as an enge- mix engineer, like oftentimes I feel exactly what you said. It's about positivity. Most of the time I feel like I'm almost like a psycholog- like a psychologist in the chair. Yeah. Like my job is to make artists feel better, feel like they're doing something good. You know, and and I love that kind of that mindset, that positivity, that love and growth. And to be honest, like I've also, I, you, we've all had this. We all have, have had clients or like even ourselves can be guilty of this where we try to be too perfect. Yep. Where it's like auto-tuning it really hard or or we got to get the timing exactly right and whatnot. And then you hear stuff on the radio that's like, oh, that wasn't perfect. <laughs> and it sounds great. Right. One of my favorite examples of this is September by Earth, Wind & Fire. The horns, by the end of the song, they're dead. They're not even, <laughs> the trumpet player, poor trumpet player, by the end of that crazy song, he can't even hit the notes. <laughs> but it still sounds awesome, right? Yeah. Oh, there's so many wonderful examples. Uh, I was talking earlier about Working Class Hero by John Lennon, um, which is like, you know, it's, it's just this kind of simple A minor G. There's an inserted verse on it, and it goes to a different guitar sound completely. And I never noticed it until just a few years ago. And I grew up listening to that song as a little kid, thinking it was genius. You know, John Lennon had died, and there was this thing, and mystical, you know, the Beatles, all this mystical time before any of us were born. You know, And I, I remember, like, falling in love with this song, and then only a handful of years ago, I'm listening to it, like, on headphones, just kind of maybe writing an email, just kind of lost in it. I'm like, wait, that guitar sound just changed. And it didn't just change, it changed. And it was like, nobody gives a rat's. And it just, it's a totally different sound. It almost sounds, it goes and it goes from steel string to classical. That's how different the tone is. So there's things like that. And then you think about like, you know, um, you know, what's, what's it called? Uh, you know, Redemption Song. You know, oh, pirates, just a rabbi. You know, if that was a perfect Taylor guitar, like recorded in a beautiful studio with a large diaphragm condenser, you know, bum, blum, dum, blum, blum, blum. Would it be a redemption song? Would it be a guy, Bob Marley, singing about slavery? I remember buying the album as a kid and there's a photo, not a photo, a diagram of a slave ship in there. You know what I mean? And then you hear that song. My hairs are now standing on end just thinking about it. It adds to everything. It is authentic. It is a guy sitting down with an acoustic guitar singing a heartfelt powerful song it is a powerful song so what are you going to do you're going to get the expert in there well you know you should have got the microphone and placed it you know in the mic guitar i mean give me a break that is not what music's about (laughs) you know and at no point did bob marley go well you know the phrygian you know uh, extrapolate the blah 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 no he just he just wrote from his heart um john lennon again you know um across the universe at the, at the turnaround of every single stanza, every single one of those v- verses, he does a different thing. Sometimes he goes, you know, um, he goes, it's... It's to a paper cup, they sliver wild. It's that sliver wild, they are they with way across the... It goes to the A, and then he goes... G minor, E minor. And so he finishes three different ways, and then also different time signatures. One time it's a 2-4 bar, one time it's a 3-4, and I believe, off the top of my head, one is a 5-4. I could be wrong. 
But my point is, like, it wasn't deliberate. It is what sounded good and is what felt good. But I guarantee there's a video out there explaining the modulation of the key and the blah, 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 blah. It's just like, give me a break. <laughs> Intellectualizing about it is is what stops us being creative a lot of the time. You know, there's a deliberateness. I mean, I like film and TV music, don't get me wrong. But how many times these days do you watch a movie and you're like, wow, I can see that theme they stole from? I mean, I can't get through most modern movies now because it's all overly overly intellectualized. Like, oh, that sounds a little bit like Beethoven, you know, you know, and you can tell, you know, you can tell why because they want it to be stirring and like, oh, here's Ride of the Valkyries again. Oh, what a surprise. You know, you hear all of these themes in all of these modern compositions and that's great, but it's again, it's like the intellectual overtaking the guttural. You know, we are all influenced by each other. And yes, I do believe the Shostakovich quote, where what is it? Good, good, good composers uh, borrow, and great, great composers steal. Yep. yep. You know, I, I get all of that, but your interpretation, your creativity, is what's going to like, you know, make you successful. Like bringing yourself to it. One thing that somebody asked me recently that I. I, I, I love the question, and the answer was, um, the question was like, what's the one thing that you've learned and that you think is the most important? And I don't think up until now I, 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 I really understood it, but it's being the same person all the time. Being able to have a kid walk into your studio who's never recorded and be, talk to them at the same level as if, you know, Joe Famous, the singer, was sitting next to you. If you can maintain that, you will be successful. You do not want to be talking down to somebody because they're the first time in the studio, and you certainly don't want to be going, oh, my God, you're amazing. Could you do that again? It was just incredible. Neither of those ideas will get you the result you want. You need to be able to speak in a positive, focused way to both sets of people, encouraging the young singer and also making sure that the older, you know, singer that's had the success respects you and you're listening to them and not just being sycophantic. And that is the number one thing I think I could give any advice. It's just be comfortable in yourself. As the old saying goes, 90% of the job is showing up. So if you're in the studio and somebody's hired you, you're already 90% of the way there. So cut yourself a break, take a big deep breath, and just be yourself. With, and, and encourage the young young artist and make sure that you talk to the older artist, the experienced artist on the same way. Be yourself. I love that. Oh, that is so good. That is so good. I, I feel like there's a lot of big gems in everything that you had said. And I think it always just comes back to the idea that, like, I love Graham Cochran, like the recording revolutions. Like, I love that aspect where, and you talk about it too, like recording now is so, I don't want to say cheap, but like affordable. Like it is very affordable to do it, but because it's so easy and affordable and because the barrier to entry is so low, sometimes I feel like artists, people will get caught up with the fact that this is a little bit too easy. Maybe I'm not doing it right. Or they're giving themselves a harder time because they don't realize sure. Billie Eilish did the same exact thing <laughs> in her bedroom, you know, with her brother which we all know the story of. So I, I love that. And I'm all about kind of just like, hey, take it easy. It's okay. This is just music. You know, we're just having fun. And your story, that message is like the best thing that I think people need to hear every single day on a regular basis. 
Yeah, you just you really need to cut yourself some slack. Does that translate in America? You need to yeah. you say cut yourself some slack. Yeah, you you just need it's just it's okay. It really is okay to suck. And and to be honest, sometimes when you think you've done your worst work, you can wake up the next day and listen to it and think it's amazing. So you just don't be too quick to judge others or yourself. And also remember that that the way you see the world is how you see yourself. So try to be open and loving and positive about everything because it's not just a case of like, hey, I'm amazing and everybody else sucks. You know what? If you think that way, that opinion will come back on you 10 times and you'll wake up one morning or won't wake up. You'll just be lying in bed depressed. You know, so try to remember. It's like I was talking about this the other day with somebody um, and we were talking about this one particular person who's harmed a lot of us in, in this side of the community and and uh, they were like, oh, you know, you must feel particularly bad because this person did X, Y, and Z and, and stuff. And I was like, yeah, if I want to. But honestly, I just kind of imagine them standing out in the middle of a freaking cornfield with the sun shining down on them. I only imagine love and best things for them because if this person really was that, you know, this person was really that bad of a person, which they were, they must be going through some massive turmoil, you know. So it doesn't help any of us to project any kind of negativity because it will just come back. If some, We're very lucky. We barely get any trolling because, because I always engage people in a very loving way and I try to remember that if they're sounding off and, and, and reacting at me, there's probably a lot of other stuff that's going on that's got nothing to do with me whatsoever. So I try to remember that because all of, none of us are perfect. I've had times where I'm like about something. And when I'm making a record, I've said this many times, a couple of times in the middle of a six-week album, I've, I've got into it with somebody like, no, that doesn't work. And they're like, and we tried it five times. And I'm just like, do you want my opinion or not? Should I just let you record this with the assistant? You know, sometimes you just have to be that way because, but that's not my, that's not a place I go to unless it is, I am basically saying, this is the reality. 90% of my life is not like that at all. It's just to be of service to the artist and sometimes, occasionally, to be the best service of somebody, you have to be a little bit more vehement. You have to get a little bit more blunt. But you never get insulting. You never make it personal. You just basically say, no, we've tried your idea and it doesn't work. Have a listen. If you're not sure, why don't you take a day away from it? We'll work on something else. We'll come back and listen with fresh ears. You know, all of those approaches are absolutely fine. And you can be blunt and you can say it, not aggressively, but like, no. And that's fine. But that's not... That's not you being overly emotional. That's not you bringing like negativity to it. That's you doing the best thing for the project. I think one of the things when you first start, and I, when I first started, is you learn half a dozen really great tools. You learn how to edit drums. Maybe you learn how to add some samples and get the drums sounding amazing. Maybe you learn how to time and tune vocals. All of these things, you learn them, and they're great tools to have. The best tool of all of those tools is the one to know when to use the tools. And that's, I think, a lot of the problems I, I get people coming in wanting to do tracks. We had a big spate of this for a few years where people had gone and spent a lot of money with even in project studios with people and they weren't happy with the results. And that's because it just had a sound that that person was doing at that time that they had learned how to do. So be open when you're working with an artist to listen to their ideas because you will learn something new. If you only use your half a dozen tools that you know how to use, that's great. You want to feel like, 
you know, you're in control. Don't worry, man, I can do this. You want the artist to think that you're capable of doing it, but don't use it as a crutch because if you get to it and suddenly it's like everything is timed and tuned and perfect, like you were saying earlier, with the same sounds on it, you just limited yourself to what you know, but really great art is made in collaboration. And if you've got a great singer, listen to them. You talk about Billie Eilish. Yeah, that's really nice production. The songs are great. But you know what's amazing about that? Is that when I hear it, I believe her. I believe her. So it could be the same production with me singing on it or Eric or you or something. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. Minimalist, minimalist sounding simple songs. Cool. That's what it is without her. She comes to it and she sings it. And everybody's like, oh, wow. And then you, you look up and you see this girl with this crazy colored hair. And then you, then you read a bit about her and you read her lyrics. And you're like, wow, you know, she's saying something for a teenage girl. She's got something to say. That's what sells her music. Let's not get too carried away with like, you know, like the production. The production is great. Don't get me wrong because it shows off her vocal. Absolutely. So remember that. Producers, our job is to serve. Number one, get that artist in there. Get an amazing vocal out of them. If the lyrics suck, Work with them on the vocals. If they only want to write on their own, have them go away. Think about it. Just be like, you know, you know, there's a lot more to production than just building a track. You know, her and her brother obviously have a relationship where he is able to get something magical out of her and she feels comfortable working with him. That's why you get believable lyrics and believable vocal takes with simple, great production. But take away any one of those elements, you've just got a simple produced song. You need everything to be firing on all four cylinders. I love that. And if anybody else wants to learn more about recording in their own home or recording different instruments, check out Produce Like a Pro on YouTube right now. Subscribe to them. Check out their videos. I highly recommend them. They are amazing. Thank you so much, Warren, for this episode. Um, we're going to do a quick one next uh, about mixing. But stay tuned for that. You rock. And as always, if you would like some free mix feedback, send me an email of an MP3 of your song to dkmixes at gmail.com. That's D-E-E-K-E-I mixes at gmail.com. Also, if you're interested in taking a look at some free PDFs about mixing, compressors, or some free online courses, I think the most recent one is mixing pop vocals. If you're interested in taking advantage of my free stuff, um, tap the link in my Instagram bio or uh, tap the link in the description right now, links.dkmixes.com. And as always, happy mixing and stay saucy. One, two, three. If you'd like to take advantage of my free guides and online videos, please check out links.dkmixes.com. That's links.dekeimixes.com. Psst. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Come join our Discord. The Mixing Music Discord server is filled with tons of awesome information and people. People that can help you out and information that can help you grow your business and to help you improve your mixes. So come join us and find the invitation link at mixingmusicpodcast.com.